uh, VBS signups in the lobby. Alyssa Dale always does a great job, and so that starts uh, the 16th through the 21st of June. And then June 22nd, we're doing an event uh, at the Crawdad Stadium with uh, Duckworth Graphics. And then June the 23rd, we're doing a service on Saturday, Sunday night up in Cherokee at 5 o'clock. So we have a really big, like Father's Day, VBS, uh, Crawdads, and uh, Cherokee. Just back to back to, hey, give it up for our light people. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I had one too many coffees today, so this could get out of hand in a hurry, uh, but in a good way. And so a lot going on, download the app, watch the website, uh, grab a worship guide, a lot of things going on. And then we have some really special people in our, in our congregation today uh, that are, are still with us, but they, they head up our online campus in Greenville, South Carolina. Ricky and Sherry Knighton, love you guys. You guys are awesome. And, and so Ricky's still on our board, but they didn't have a proper, like, going uh, because the Sunday that they left, I thought they were going to be back. And they, they had, like, we bought their house, so they had nowhere to go. And so <laughs> that's kind of an odd thing. So Ricky and Sherry, stand up right where you're at. I know I don't want to embarrass you. And do, what board members do I have here? Tom and David. Do I have any other board and Landon, Landon, you guys go over there. And Jason, I'm going to include you. you. guys go over there and just lay hands on Rick. You want to pray for them, guys, to just have a proper, like, they, they were in the church for over 25 years, right? Yeah, well, 30 years, 30, 30 years. And so they haven't, like, they haven't officially, they haven't officially left, but they're, they're, there are online campus pastors in Greenville. So we're, gonna, we're just going to pray and, and just and believe. Can we do that? And then God's blessing them. And they're also walking through some things business-wise that they just need God's hand to move. And so, Father, just, just, just everybody just raise your hands that way if you would. We'll go old school for a second. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you and bless you. We thank you so much for Ricky and Sherry. Thank you for who they are in Christ. Thank you for their, their walk, their testimony. Lord, the fact that they just give you glory, honor, and praise in everything they do. Thank you, Lord, for their philanthropy and the fact that they've blessed this church, Lord, just unbelievably, Lord, at the Thanksgiving time and different times throughout the year. So, Lord, I pray right now, according to uh, the song Almost David, that you would order their steps. I pray according to, Lord, the prophet Isaiah, you would be their rear guard. I, I, I pray according, Lord, to the book of Job, that you build a hedge of protection around about them. And I pray, Lord, according to Psalms 5, uh, Lord, that you would be uh, have a shield of favor over them. Lord, in every prayer request, everything that they, uh, Lord, put their hands to, you would anoint and you would bless, Lord, and you would cause to prosper. Father, Lord, if there be any hindrance in their way, Lord, you would remove it right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the spirit that they walk in, the attitude that they carry, Lord, and the light that they shine for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I pray you bless them accordingly, Father, Lord, in their next transition and season of life. We thank you, Lord, that we can call them friends, Lord, and that they give you glory, honor, and praise in all that they do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody in agreement said, amen. Give it up for the Nightings one more time. Come on, church. Praise God. God bless you guys. We love you. You guys are awesome. All right. This is a 
a real heavy note-taking message, so if you don't have a worship guide, we've got some people positioned throughout the auditorium that will uh, give you a guide. So if you would like a worship guide or something to write notes on, just raise your hand right now, and we've got some people in place that will help you. Uh, there's pins in the chair backs, and so just keep your hand raised, and they will. But if I would suggest uh, today, if you're ever going to take notes, this would be the day, because there's some spiritual cultural activity that we'll walk through together. Nothing to be afraid of. It's all good stuff, but, but it's there. And if we're not uh, aware of the spirit realm, we can easily forget or mistake it. And so uh, we want to make sure that we're educated, that we have knowledge to walk through the, this realm together, okay? And so uh, we just want you to lock in. Uh, we're in the third part of our series, Take Heart. Uh, next week, Marcus will be preaching the fourth part. Janie and I leave Thursday uh, for a missions trip uh, to Alaska. And so you pray for us. Um, I'm excited about it. We've gone with this organization to Haiti before, and Haiti is not Alaska, and Alaska is not Haiti. And so I'd much rather go to Alaska than Haiti. But you got to do what God calls you to do, right? And so we're going to do it. We're going to be faithful. Uh, you pray for us. Don't be jealous of us. Don't hate us. And then my prayer is that you bring, you know, a couple hundred people out next week. And Marcus calls and says, hey, Papa, we don't need you. That's what people were telling me after Janie preached. Hey, Pastor, we don't need you anymore. We got Janie. And I'm like, all right. And, and so I asked her if she would preach again. And she said, no. I said, how come? She said, that's what you get paid for. And so... Uh, that's why you got me. I get paid for doing No, I enjoy doing this. But hey, bring, come out next week. Don't not come because we're not here. Come first Wednesday. I got a really good word first Wednesday uh, for people that want to grow. The worship team's going to be here. Uh, you're not going to miss anybody or us. Just come on out. Uh, and he'll finish up the series. He's got a really good message for the, the finish of the series. He's preaching in Brevard today. And uh, Brian's preaching in Cherokee today. And if uh, Charity has the baby next week, then Brian is going to preach uh, the message for Marcus, who's preaching for me. So it's all good, right? Amen. Amen. And so uh, thank you for coming out in advance and showing up, showing off, bring people. Uh, man, it's going to be good. So the third part, uh, every sermon series, I kind of gear towards one message. We're not supposed to do that, but I like the messages to build. This is that message that I've geared my part of the series to because one, it's a text that I really like. Two, I like the idea of take heart or take courage. I think in our ministry, mine and my wife's, our underlying message, because we've been through a lot of things, getting married at a young age, encountering some financial deals and just other issues, that there's an, we know that people can overcome. We know that there's victory down the road. And so that's always been an underlying, well, this is a message about victory, but this is also a message about understanding who the enemy is, okay? So sometimes we have you stand. Today we're going to have you sit because I want you just to kind of see and take notes and write down just different things that the Lord pops into you, and then I'll have some things that we want to we want to talk about. So we're going to go to Joshua, the first chapter. We're going to read out of the English Standard Version. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. I may stop periodically and give you a couple nuggets, and then we'll go into the meat of the message. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, 
if we write the word now, if you're taking notes, that subject of a new revelation. In our life, we need this idea that there's something new. We need, a, we, we need an aha moment, like, hey, I don't have to live like that anymore, or I don't have to succumb to drugs or addiction anymore. I don't have to do that. There's a now moment in our life. Now I know my marriage can work out. I know things will work out. I know my finances can be okay. You need now moments in your life. And this is a now moment for Joshua. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given to you, everybody say every, every. that's every place, you're willing to do battle with the enemy, God will give that to you, okay, just as promised to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the high tides to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. It's a promise. No man shall be able to stand before you. It's cool how we talked about standing. The fear can't stand if you stand in Jesus. And you, you take a stand for what you believe. You take a stand for who God is in you. You take a stand for as being a Christ follower, and God has got your back. You got this. Turn to somebody and say, you got this. You got this. This is all you and God. Just as it was with Moses, so I would be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you, okay? Be strong and courageous. In the BBE version of the Bible, it says take heart. Everybody say take heart. Take heart. That's what this is about, taking heart, being courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. For a moment, listen, you've been given territory. You've been given relationships. You've been given blessing. You've been given forgiveness. You've been given these things that God wants you to invade territories with. This is not just for you to keep bottled up and not give out and not share. Only be strong and very courageous. Now, second time, we're, we're learning here in the scriptures. Now, this is the second time he says, only be strong and very courageous. It's like he wants us to get this, right? When, so, when a teacher repeats themselves, we have educators in our congregation. When they repeat themselves, they're trying to get the student to learn this. God is trying to get Joshua, and not only Joshua, because I believe it's appropriate for us today. You have to read the Bible like God is speaking to you. So if we read this passage like if God is speaking to us, we have to understand, wait a second, we got to be strong here. we got to be courageous. In fact, he says very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. How many wants to be successful in life? Yeah, why not? So we, we know as Christ followers, we can be successful by following the word of the Lord. This book of the law, the Bible, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way, pro it will make your way prosperous, and then you will have, again, good success. Verse 9, now have I not commanded you, question mark, be strong and courageous, third time. Time in four verses, he's saying, take heart, take heart, 
take heart. And that's what the BBE says. Take heart or be courageous. Be strong. Church, you need to be strong. You're going to walk through some stuff. I'm going to show it to you. Some, some things in the spiritual realm that maybe the enemy has attacked you in certain areas. You have to be strong and courageous. Why? Because God's already made a way for you. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Bow your heads for a second. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's truth. We thank you that it's life. We pray, Lord, today, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, uh, strategically attack uh, enemy cultures, enemy forces that might be alive in our life, that might be stopping us from becoming the person that you want us to be, the follower that you need us to be, Lord, to reach heavenly places and advance the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody in agreement said... Amen. God bless you. Hey, really quickly, let's give a shout out to all of our online listeners and viewers. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it. And this is as appropriate for you as it is the people here. And so uh, in reading the, this text, you have to go back a little bit to, to figure out who are some of these enemy forces. Is this a, a strategy book? This is Joshua uh, getting prepared for battle. And he, there's a lot of uh, types and shadows. There's a lot of symbolism here because this book is full of not only history, but it's full of spiritual culture. It's full of, full of uh, even prophecy because God says, hey, you're going to get this land. You're going to have it. They haven't accomplished it yet, so it becomes prophetic. It becomes history to us because we read it. But there's also spiritual culture involved because it's still appropriate for today. And so you have to kind of see what the battle is. Where, where's this battle at? What are, who are they fighting? And you have to go back to Exodus, the third chapter, to see who God says. These are the seven nations. These are the, the people groups. That, you, that you're going to conquer. Now, we know in Joshua that 33 victories were made. We also know that there were 39 battles to be fought. We know that the name Joshua really means Jesus in the old Hebrew. And so this is a type and shadow of Jesus fighting our battles for us. And when, when Joshua fought 39 battles, Jesus took 39 stripes. They also, scientists will say, they believe there's also 39 major causes of diseases. So we see that Jesus took a stripe for every disease, and Old Testament Jesus, Joshua, took a battle for every disease, and so that our victory is in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? That's important to know because you know that God's already fought the battle for you. There were 33 victories according to the last chapter of Joshua, 33 victories but 39 battles. And so it's okay to say sometimes you're not going to win every battle, but a righteous man falls seven times but gets up every one. So the idea about uh, fighting a battle is not losing. The idea about fighting a battle is quitting. It's about giving up. When we're in Christ, we're, we can't quit. In fact, we have the baseball team here. Give it up for Catawba Valley Stars one more time. God bless you guys. See, in baseball, you get three strikes and you're out. In the kingdom, as long as you keep on swinging, you're going to be okay. Coach, I bet you wish you could keep a bat in somebody's hand and just say, just hit, go ahead, just swing until you hit the ball, right? Just come on, just, just swing until you hit the ball. That's <laughs> well, listen, that's what Jesus is saying. Just don't throw the bat down. Just don't not hit. Just don't, just don't not swing. Just don't give up. Just keep staying in the batter's box and just keep swinging. You eventually are going to get hit. You only uh, fail if you quit. 
the battle's there. The battle's already won. Yes, you have to walk through it. This thing's not going to be easy. But we understand these things. And so in Exodus, in, in Deuteronomy, and in Joshua, uh, there's seven nations. So we know 39 battles. We know 33 victories. But there's seven nations that God really rolls out for Joshua. And these seven nations are, are critical. So we're, they're listed in Deuteronomy 7 and 1. The same thing as in Exodus. He says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land. Not if, when. When God blesses you, not if, but when God blesses you. In other words, sometimes we hold up God's blessings in our life. Sometimes it's on us, right? Because we allow fear or trepidation or something to maybe our life to come in. When the Lord your God brings you into the land that you are entering to take possession of it and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And we, if we're caref not careful, we're just blowing through these names and we're thinking, wow, but I want you just for a second to think that all these names might not be what they are, the Amorites, the Canaanites, they might be uh, addictions, they might be drugs, they might be alcohol, they might be pornography, they might be abuse, they might be poverty. When you place those with those, all of a sudden now it starts to make sense in the 21st century, right? We, we don't know about the Amorites, although we'll learn about them, and the Canaanites and the Gergesites, but when you do away with those seven, listen, seven nations more numerous and mightier than yourself. Have you ever dealt with something that you thought was bigger than you? you thought was mightier than you, and you knew it was a spiritual thing, but you had to get the victory over it. Can I say this? After today, you'll learn God has made a way for you, okay? We have to accept what Christ did for us on the cross at Calvary, and yet we still have to walk it out. Joshua had to walk it out. But listen, this is, a, uh, this is intimidating because all of a sudden he's saying, God is telling Moses, these nations are more powerful than y'all. They're stronger than you are. They're bigger and mightier than you are. This is a great battle that you're going to have to fight. And then verse number two goes on to say, and when the Lord your God gives them over to you. Isn't that so cool? Hey, you got a big fight on your hands, but hey, God's, gonna, God's got this. God's got the victory in this. It's going to be okay because God's going to take care of it. And when the Lord gives a victory over to you and you defeat them, right, and you defeat them, in other words, deliverance is on you sometimes. Jehovah Sid Canoe, Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord is righteous. The Lord is sanctifier. That deliverance is taking place. You have to accept it and be able to walk through it. It's not somebody else's fault if you don't remain delivered. That's tough. I know it's tough. We're not going to babysit for a while. We're going we're gonna to man up, okay? Sometimes we have to own it. Does that make sense? We, if we own it, then all of a sudden we can respect it. Once we respect it, we can say, okay, God, thank you for the, for the, and we glorify God for doing it, okay? So you defeat them, then you must devote them to complete destruction. In other words, stop opening the door to going back to that, that past life that keeps bothering you. That keeps addicting you or keep bothering you or keep, uh, keep you in poverty or keep that mentality. We have to be careful that we keep, don't keep going back. He says that right there. Give them complete destruction. In other words, slam the door and move forward and give God glory. Understand what God's doing for you. You shall make no covenant with them and show no mercy to them at all. Don't show them any mercy. In fact, the Bible says that if you open the door back to them, seven more will rush in. In other words, you'll be worse than you were the first time when you shut the door, then the second time when you shut the door. You have to understand that overcoming is an option, okay? And, but 
God has already sealed the deal for you if you'll just walk through it with him. And so here's these seven, the, these hytites and gerbicides and parasites and uh, hivites and uh, amorites and canaanites. And in my study, I thought, I understand it, but now we're, we're coming across it three or four different times in Exodus, the third chapter, Joshua, the third chapter, uh, Joshua, the ninth chapter, Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. So four times in a relatively short period of time, biblically speaking, these seven nations are, are mentioned. So what is the deal with them? Well, if we start to look up the meaning, that's where a spiritual culture comes in because sometimes spirits attach themselves to things and we have a hard time getting over them because we're, we're not sure of the spirit. So I I looked up what these seven nations, what was their background? What did they, what was their un learning and their understanding? So let's go through them because I think there's a spiritual reference here that you can take home with you. The first one is the, the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were the promised land. This was the promised land given to uh, Abraham uh, nearly maybe a thousand years before. And so uh, he was given that land. He was given the promise. Uh, the, some things had happened. Israel fell into bondage in, in Egypt. They come up out of that land. And it's still the land promised, flowing with milk and honey. But this is a spirit of, listen, broken promises. Sometimes we encounter broken promises in our life. Sometimes we break promises. Sometimes other people do. But there's a spirit attached. And then when all of a sudden we don't think God's promises are any good. Paul said all of God's promises are yes and amen. All of God's promises are good for you. Sometimes we abort the promise. Sometimes we negate the promise by what we're doing or not doing, by, not, by who we're following or not following, okay? And so this land of Canaan was a huge thing. Joshua, be strong, be courageous, take heart, don't walk in fear. That land is your. Oh, by the way, there's seven nations there that are bigger and stronger than you. You've lived in the desert for 40 years. You're not as strong as you're going to be. You're not the, you're, but I have gone ahead of you. In yourself, you're no match for the enemy spiritually. But Christ has made a way where there seemed to be no way. He's on your side. And so when we understand the promises, I want you to think for a second, maybe even write it down. What's a promise that God has given you that's unfulfilled? And is there, spiritually, have you just let it go? Have you said, well, yeah, maybe it wasn't God. Well, maybe it is God. Maybe there's just an enemy attachment to it. So this is a spirit of broken promises or kept promises where the enemy knows what you're going to be like when that promise comes through. When that promise comes to fulfillment, he knows exactly the dynamo that you're going to be. So he's tried to hide you from that promise, just like he did the Israelites. He knew, and modern day Canaan is, the, is Israel, by the way. And so he knew what Israel would be. He knew Israel would be a thorn in the side to other nations around it. Why? Because God has a special blessing on Israel, but he also has a special blessing on you as well. The next, the next nation was the Amorites. That's the territory, okay? In fact, the the Bible says, every place the sole of your foot shall tread. The Amorites were arrogant based on what they had. They had territory. They had land. They, they had improvement. They weren't going to surrender it. They were big and mighty in their territory. They owned a lot. Landowners in America, you know, you have, uh, uh, we have ranches out in western Nebraska. Uh, one guy owns a ranch. It's 127,000 acres. And that's a lot of land, okay? That's a lot of land that, that people own. But these Amorites, they, they were arrogant based on what they own. Sometimes, church, we surrender territory to people. We surrender territory to the enemy that don't belong to the enemy. 
doesn't belong there at all. Maybe it's a past experience. We surrender that territory of, of, uh, of remembrance. Maybe it's a, a poverty or a lack of blessing. We surrender that territory of blessing to the enemy because we're not doing what the word of God says. We need to walk. See the, that word there, the soles of your feet shall, tr shall tread. That's a word barak, which means willing to do battle. Wherever you're willing to do battle in prayer, wherever you're willing to do battle in life, wherever you're willing to do battle in worship. At the end of this service, we're going to sing a worship song, and we're just simply going to do battle in the worship realm. Why? Because we're going to be strong and courageous, and we're going to say, okay, Lord, I believe maybe these, there's been enemy activity. We, we should have been in our downtown building by now, the, the second campus uh, uh, here in Hickory. And it, there's just been a, a battle. And it, I felt like uh, the, this is a battle that's done in the spiritual realm. Why? Because Satan still believes he's prince and power of the air. And anytime we, a church, try to take territory, he's not just going to let it go. Oh, they're going to see more people get saved. Oh, go, that's so good. No, he wants to hang on to it. Now, that's spiritual for some people, and they don't totally understand that, but I guarantee you there's a spiritual hang-up there. We need to rebuke that and take back that territory in the name of Jesus, and we're going to meet with the county in a couple of weeks. We're hoping for thumbs up so we can get the contractor back in there and be in there early in the fall. We need you to pray with us, amen? But that's territory, right? Give it up for Jesus, amen. So what territory are you after? What territory? Is it, is it family? Is it job? Is it home? Is it, is it uh, spiritual well-being? Is it, is it legacy? When Janie and I, uh, we have moved a couple times here in the Hickory area. Um, <laughs> just a few. And every time that we move, I drive uh, stakes into the, into the driveway. Uh, uh, Tent uh, stakes that are this big. They're yellow. And I write on there Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. I put one on either side of the driveway, and I say this territory is, is the Lord's. This is, we ask uh, the Lord to make it prosperous, uh, to be in good health, to be in good will. And so because of the number of places we live, there's eight or nine residents in, in uh, Hickory that have the, that blessing over them. Now, uh, Janie has uh, committed that this is our last one. Uh, we're not sure, but this, uh, the jury's out. But, and, and the people before us were great uh, Christ followers, and so we didn't have to drive out any demons or anything, but we just wanted to make a declaration, right, to uh, the enemy spirits, hey, this land is going to be used for God. We've also done that uh, in the gateways to the church. We've also done that on I-40, on, I, uh, on Highway 321, and 127 as gateways into Hickory. So we want the, the territory to know that that's a spiritual thing. Listen, we have a right to get territory or give up territory. If someone is in your life and they're trying to take your territory, rebuke, don't rebuke them. Rebuke the spirit that's attached to them. Okay, you need to make sure that you're rebuking those spirits that are attached to those people because they don't even know what they're doing, but Satan wants your territory, okay? The next one then is the high tides. That's a spirit of brokenness and fear. The Bible says, take heart. Everybody say, take heart. 
Take heart, for you shall cause this people to take the land. Listen, you don't need to walk in brokenness and fear. And that's easy to say. I understand. I get it. But if the more you stay, wake up in the morning and say, take heart or be strong, be courageous. And then he says it again. Have I not told you? Be strong and very courageous. I'm going to tell you one time. Be very strong. Be very courageous. You got a battle on your hands, but I've already made a way. And so the, the Hittites, they brought confusion. They brought fear. They, they, and this is a trick of the enemy, by the way. He points his finger and tries to accuse. Hey, it's not going to work out. Something bad's going to happen. And this is, we, Janie shared it really good a couple weeks ago on Mother's Day about our little baby granddaughter, Salem. You know, she's going to have a club foot. She's going to be this. She's going to be that. She's, you know, she's so stinking cute and honry that I, I just can't keep my hands off her. She's a, and none of those problems existed. Well, one is maybe it was a fear tactic. I'm sure I love doctors. I'm for them. And two, I think it was a fear tactic from the enemy. But three, we have the power to pray and say, okay, if that is true... If that is true, devil, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Lord rebukes you. I'm going to stand by faith. I'm not going to operate in fear. Fear cancels our faith. And when we pray, we have to be careful that we don't pray in a spirit of fear. We pray so hard that we're afraid it's going to still work out. We have to pray by faith, church right? And when we pray by faith. So these high tides, that's a spirit of brokenness and fear. That's what they were. They were broken and fearful. They had, uh, they brought fear and confusion and they, and that's what fear will do. Fear will not allow you to make good and accurate decisions. It will cancel your wisdom out. It will, it will, you start to, you start to make choices that you wouldn't if you were just thinking things through, okay? So be careful that the, the next uh, nation then, the next nation then is the Jebusites. They have immoral activities, okay? And then, and then the Bible says in that same passage that we read, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. And so the immoral activities start with selfishness, and that becomes their God. So the Jeb where Canaan was Israel, the Jebusites owned Jerusalem, and what David ended up conquering later on. So after Joshua conquers, uh, Judges, the second chapter, just the very next book, the 10th verse that says, and they, re did, and they remembered not Joshua nor his day. In other words, they quickly forgot. They fell back into harm's way. They gave up Canaan. They gave up Jerusalem. So now David's got to get it back. Again, hundreds of years later. And when, the, when David came up to the Jebusites, here's how evil they were. And by the way, this is, why, this is because they didn't, weren't totally done away with. Then on their on their armored walls, they had a blind God and a lame God. And the king of the Jebusites came out to David in 2 Samuel 5 and says, hey, our lame and our blind, you're, our, they'll defeat you. In other words, they were saying, their God is stronger than your God, David. Well, did, that's the same thing basically that Goliath said, right? You come to a, a shield and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he, and he conquered Goliath. So David sees this and hears this again, says, how, how rude of you to, to mess with my God. He says, nevertheless, we're going to conquer you. And by the end of the day, that king was hanging in a tree. So hear me on this. You, when we get saved, when we get delivered, when we get set free, we have to make sure that selfishness isn't involved. We have, Jesus said, to die out daily, okay, to pick up our cross and carry him. So we need to make sure that all manner of immorality and activity is done with and we move forward in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? 
Now, Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, okay? There's things that maybe you can do that I can't do. There's things maybe I can do. Back in the day, a lot of people wouldn't go to movies. I had no problem going to movies, okay? And so things that today are like, well, I don't want to confuse the thing. If it's immoral, it's immoral. But this Jeb these Jebusites, they had immoral God. They had immoral activities. They had more immorality in their life. And when I'm saying this is sometimes we don't fulfill the promised land because we just play around a little bit. You need to make sure that you're not playing around on God. Can you say amen? amen. The next one is the Hivites. They were arrogant and selfish. In fact, the Bible says, for then I will make your way prosperous. We see there's arrogance and selfishness in, in all of our lives. If we're not careful, we think we did it. Moses said in Deuteronomy the eighth chapter, you think that you've gained this wealth for your understanding. God has given you the power to gain wealth, that he will restore the covenant within you, Deuteronomy 8 and 18. What's he saying? We have to make sure that we give glory to God. We have to make sure that we walk in integrity. We have to make sure that we're upstanding. Janie and I had an opportunity to go to Morganton last night, and we watched a, a, a 5K race, uh, of which five of our younger people were participating in it, our son Andrew and his wife Emily and Joel and Kayla Pittman and, and Sarah Leinhart. And so they're a great group of 20s, and they have a lot of fun. And uh, they were, they were kind of nervous, anxiously nervous and excited. And, and uh, we went out there, and, and uh, we, we watched them and hung out with them beforehand. And, and uh, then we, you know, watched them start. And then we went over to the finish line. We had our video cameras going and our phones. And remember the day when you used to have the, a big video camera? <laughs> and now it's just like on a phone, you know. You can do everything on your phone. And so uh, we're waiting at the finish line. And we got to the, about the 15, 16-minute mark, and we said, hey, we better go over because they're going to be crossing. We had great confidence in you guys, great, great confidence in you guys. And so sure enough, it was like the 18-minute mark, and right before that one guy passed, and then Joel come flying through, and then Drew come flying through. It was like, these guys smoked it, man, a 5K in 18 minutes. Think about that for a second. That's like a, a six-minute mile. Give it up. Give it up. You know, some of us can't even walk three miles, let alone run it. You know, I get in my car and drive. I have a hard time. Well, I don't have a hard time driving. I get there quick in my car, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> some of us, I was, we were hiking one day. Janie and I were talking about this sidebar for a second. We were hiking one day, and one of our board members, Landon Barefoot, called. This was a long time ago. And he said, what are you doing, Pastor? It was Friday afternoon. I said, I'm hiking. Did your car break down? I said, no. I said, he said, why are you hiking? I said, well, trying to get some exercise. Why would you do that? <laughs> well, that's pretty much where I'm at right now. So <laughs> we went to go watch. We did not go to participate. And so we're, we're waiting for them. And they ran across the line. And I talked to Drew before I talked to Joel. And, and uh, he said, no, nah, that wasn't a 5K. They, 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 they were short. That, that time's no good. And Joel didn't come over. That wasn't a 5K. That was, and I, like, Rather than allow me to just heap praise and glory on them, they wanted to make sure it was right. Now think about it. That's pretty cool, right? That's, a, that's really, and then the girls came across the same thing. In fact, Kayla came by a few minutes later, and then uh, Sarah and Emily had a pack. They were going to finish together. And Emily, she's filming herself while she's running. <laughs> like, who does that? Who, who does that? Who films himself and commentating? She was commentating. 
But yeah, I'm getting ready to finish. Oh, this is so good. I said, really? And so this morning I said, man, good job, Joel. It wasn't even a 5K. But listen, it was a 5K. I, I don't care what their phones are. Well, it was only 2.75 miles or it was only this or that. And, and I said, listen, if they call it a 5K, it's a 5K. You guys did it in 18 minutes or whatever. That's amazing. Good job. Can we give it up one more time for, for our, our runners, our big time runners? Now, my point is this. Arrogance would have said, yeah, look at us. These guys, the first words out of their mouth was, I don't think it was, I don't think the, 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 the course was right. I think it was shorter than, who cares? Who cares? Good job, right? But they, they, all five of them were walking in such integrity that they wanted to make sure that, don't, don't give us credit that where credit's not due, okay? And I think that's a real lesson to learn in this, in this realm, that if we're not careful, a spirit of arrogance comes on us, and then you know what happens? God can't bless us anymore. Because we take the glory instead of giving God the glory. God wants all the glory, church. He wants it all. He does. Let's go on to the next one, the parasites. No boundaries or protection. So they didn't. The parasites just lived in the valley. They, they weren't protected. They didn't have fortified walls. They, uh, uh, Jericho was a fortified city in Canaan, and Joshua didn't have to walk around where the parasites were because they just hung out. But the Bible says, do not be frightened or dismayed. The Lord your God is with you. So the opposite of this is we have to be careful that we don't walk in isolation or in protection. We have to be careful that we don't walk exposed to the darkness of the enemy. And listen, in some cases, boundaries are really good. Like, you should know where to go, all right? You should know what, what, where, to, where to go. I, we were doing some things yesterday. I was telling Janie, we were doing some stuff and sent somebody up to get some gas. And it's near a place where I shouldn't have sent the guy. And I thought, uh, if he ain't back in a couple minutes, I got to go get him. Because I'm like... I'm paid to watch this guy, and if and I let him go for a second, and I gotta get up there, and he come pulling back in, and he explained it was it was all it was all good. But here's the thing: boundaries are good. Like you know, there are certain things you shouldn't watch or see or talk about or do, right? You understand that you open that up to spiritual activity if you're not careful. And if you open yourself up to spiritual activity, then again, if the battle's already been won then you don't have anybody to blame but yourself. So ask forgiveness, move on, get over it and go forward, but take ownership of it and say, listen, this is, this is the parasites, they have this. And, and yet, on the other hand, some people get offended. They get hurt. Well, they don't love me anymore. Well, I'm not, I've tried church. I'm, I'm not going there anymore. I can't, I can't do that. And there's this, this, this lack of protection and isolation. And we have to be careful that we don't, that we don't do that. In, in territorial realm, we have to protect the territory that, that God's given us. And if he's given you that territory, many of you know that there's a group of us that go out on Thursday afternoons and we share the good news and the gospel and we knock on doors and we go some parts, I guess, maybe uh, they're less desirable than others for whatever reason. I don't know. And I don't even like saying that because I'm not sure that's even the case. But uh, we go to some areas, we knock on doors, and we went to an area this week and uh, there were three of us and so we each took a house 
and then we would move down, he'd take a house, and so I took a house, and I took another house, and I recognized the guy behind me was, he's a talker, he wants to share his testimony with everybody, it's a good testimony, but like, I gotta go back and get him sometimes, and so I'm on my third house, and then I, I turn around, and he's walking up the thing, I think, all right, good, he's okay, gotta keep my eye on him, and so he's, he, hey, uh, pastor, can you come talk to this guy? He, he's got a lot of questions about God. He's not, a, he's not a Christ follower. I said, yeah. So we go back, and this guy's got a friend, and he's like, yeah, friend's a, a, a believer. And he goes, he said, in his words, he goes to an old country church, and that's where he wants it. And this guy said, I don't want a country church. I don't want a big church. I don't want any church. I, I don't even know who God is. I don't know if God's real. Just Ten minutes later, after we've just talked about him, not trying to prove anything but introducing to Jesus, he's praying through and receiving Christ in his heart. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. It's just, it's so cool, man. And so we invited him to church. I said, hey, you might like us. And, and my friend says, oh, this is the best church around. And I, I think it's the best church around too, but I pastor here. So, I mean, I wouldn't want to be here if I thought it was the worst church around, right? I'd be, so I don't know if he's here. I don't know if he'll come. But I know one thing that we mark certain people and then we go back and visit them. And he'll be on our list of at least three or four people that we go back each week now and just talk to and visit. Why? Because we want not only to take territory, but we want to protect him. We want to make sure. And we went back to our other friend who we almost got in a fight with the other day. And he wasn't home, but we've been back several times now. And he had three family members on the front porch. And, uh, and he's like, one family member said, yeah, he said you guys would be here. He said to tell you he's at the hospital praying for one of his, uh, his brothers and brother-in-law. <laughs> it's like so cool on how you can, you can be a covering. Men, you can be a covering for your, your spouses. Parents, you can be a covering for your children. Listen, we have to protect each other. We have to cover each other. And if you notice someone backing away and becoming isolated, you might need to go after them, okay? You might need to make sure that there's no offense or, or no hurt. The last one, then, is the uh, uh, Gergesites. These are the people who are uh, nons, nuns, N-O-N-E-S. They're not spiritual. And I, listen, that's not a disregard on people because sometimes people are super spiritual. Sometimes they're, they're too spiritual for their own good. They're, they're full of knowledge, but there's no activity, okay? So these are the nuns. One in four, actually 27%, so a little bit more than one in four people in America fall into this category that they don't have any religious affiliation at all. So they're non-spiritual. That was the, the Gergesites. Their, their actual meaning means to return, as in to return to Egypt, as in to return to sin, as in going backwards and not forward. And you know this by now, but the, the name Egypt means land of not enough. Sin is never enough for you in your life. It's never enough. And this is why we have to be careful and be sure that we put on this uh, a garment of salvation, okay? The, 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 the Bible tells us in Ephesians, Paul writes that if we're, not, if we're not careful and we don't realize there's spiritual activity and spiritual warfare out there, that we have to put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We have to prepare our feet to spread the good news. We have to pick up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and then we have to have a shield of faith. And I want to explain the shield of faith to you for just a moment. In back in the day, the shields weren't made of metal or stainless steel. They were made of compressed 
paper, okay, real hardened paper, and what they would do before they went out to battle, they would dip it in oil. And why is that? Because in the battles then, they would light a dart or arrow on fire, and they would shoot them. And if the, they hit a, a shield, that oil would, wouldn't inflame, it would put the fire out. But if the shield was laying around, they just picked up one, and it was dry, and it was, and it was old, then that dart hit it, the arrow hit it, that shield would start on fire, and then it would start the whole camp on fire. Okay, hear me. This, this is what happens to a lot of believers, a lot of Christ followers. They don't dip themselves in the anointing of the Holy Spirit day in and day out, and then those fiery darts start to bother them. They start to put, catch them on fire because the accuser of the enemy is always going to shoot darts at you, okay? You have to have a shield of faith, but that shield of faith needs to be dipped in oil. What is the oil? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you wake up in the morning, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to be your partner for the day. You need to walk in that realm and say, Holy Spirit, it's me and you today. Let's, let's move this thing forward. But if we're offended, if we're hurt, that dries up the anointing, and then those fiery darts, they start to penetrate us, and they start to hurt us. Come on back, worship team. And they start to, they start, to start that fire. That's why people are getting hurt all the time in churches, or they're getting hurt because of uh, work, or they're getting hurt because of family. They're getting hurt because they've not dipped their shield of faith in oil. And when you dip that shield of faith in oil by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can withstand all these seven of these enemy forces. Now, let me bring it to a close for a second because this is important. You say, Pastor, this is Joshua. It's the Old Testament. I know you talked about type and shadow, but how does this really apply today? Well, let's go to John 16 and 33. Jesus speaking, red letter edition, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. How many wants peace today? It's important to have Jehovah Shalom peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In other words, trials are going to take, but take heart. There it is again, but take heart. I have overcome the world. See, so where God tells Moses and then he tells Joshua, be strong and courageous, take heart. I've gone before you. Jesus says the same thing, be strong and courageous, take heart. means the same thing. I have overcome the world. Every enemy in your life that battles you this moment, Jesus has already overcome. Jesus has already overcome. He's already overcome. Stand with me this morning. Here's what we're going to do. If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands up towards heaven. Some of you I know aren't comfortable, and that's okay. Some of you are new. That's all right, too. But if you're comfortable, just raise your hands up. We're going to sing a worship song here in just a moment. And it's a, it's a song about being strong. A song about being courageous. It's a song about, song about victory. It's a song about overcoming. If there's an area in your life that seems to match up to something that we spoke on this morning, I want you, as we praise and worship, I want you to release it. It's time for us to know our place and to do the battles that God's called us to do. And our battles are in warfare. Our battles are in the heavenlies. Our battles aren't against each other. They're not against someone else. They're not against a, a family member or a community member. They're all spiritual. And this is what we need to do today because this is what Jesus was talking about. This is what God was talking about to, to Moses. So I'm going to pray, and they're going to sing, and I want you to engage for a moment. Engage for the next six or eight minutes and say, okay, Lord, I, I need to get victory over this thing. And Lord, I, I want to I cancel out that spirit that, that that enemy is tied to, and I'd like to walk in freedom in Jesus' name. Father, we declare right now every good and 
perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights from above. And we declare, Lord, that what Jesus said by his own words, take heart, be strong, be courageous, Lord, that you have already overcome the world. So we're living in it. We know there's going to be trials and tribulations. But Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that you disconnect any enemy forces spiritually to any person here that's going through things, that's dealing with things, Lord. And we prophesy, even as God said, be strong and courageous, Lord, that they're going to go through, that they can take the land that you've already given them, Father. We declare those things in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Go ahead, let's continue to worship uh, and engage, church, and know that this is spiritual warfare in Jesus' name.
who's going through a situation where they just are waiting on you. They're not going to lose hope. They're going to stand and know that you are working all things to their good because you've called them for a purpose and you have a destiny for their lives. So, Lord, we just declare that over everyone. If they have sickness in their body or they have someone they're praying for sickness, I declare that by the stripes on Jesus' back they will live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord. So we speak that forth over sickness in Jesus' name. Lord, those that are having um, children or loved ones that are away from you that don't have that relationship that, that they need to have with you, we just call them home. We say, Holy Spirit, draw them to you. We just agree with that. Those that are needing a financial miracle, we just call for the, the destiny you have for their life of blessings. And we just believe that you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond all that we can ask or think. Things that need to be sold in their lives state situations we just release that in the heavens that those will be opened up lord um, hope lord those that are just seeking what their calling is in life or what their purpose is in life or favor over their life if they just need favor god to first the right person to see what they they can do lord we just call that forth for them we just ask that your favor and your grace and your mercy and your peace would be with each and every person that lord whatever they have need of god that you already are working on that we're going to take courage we're going to stand strong and we're going to watch you do what you do best letting go and say here we are god do whatever you want to do in our lives we stand strong and we take courage in jesus name amen we love y'all so much just hope you have a blessed week and we'll see you wednesday